after a decade of steady improvement in living standards, Myanmar has plunged back into deep poverty following the 2021 military coup. 22 million people are now in dire need. Myanmar, Zambia, Malawi and Cambodia are four new countries where the aid organisation Compassion Australia is starting new projects. Claire Steele is Compassion's chief executive. Claire, welcome. Uh, So what's behind the decision to start work in these countries? Firstly, we know that still 356 million children live in extreme poverty around the world. And as we look at the countries we work, we see that that's changing. Some countries are coming out of poverty and other countries are developing greater need. And what is the definition that you use of extreme poverty? We use the one that the World Bank uses, and that is a child living under three Australian dollars per day is defined as living in extreme poverty. And what are the kind of conditions, though, that you you actually see in very material, concrete terms on the ground that have prompted this decision to begin work in these countries? The conditions are just really sad when you read them, even as numbers. In Malawi, we see children between 6 and 23 We don't see any children there receiving the dietary diversity they need. So they're growing up stunted and unable to really flourish physically. In Myanmar, we're seeing children not able to access school and not get the nutrition they need either. And in Zambia, only 28.1% of high school children are actually enrolled in school. So we're seeing multidimensional needs in all these countries we're looking to enter. Is Zambia, by the way, a country that slipped back? Because Zambia was on a trajectory of reasonably good development for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think you can see with that question the difficulty of a country to actually get out of extreme poverty and how quickly they can fall back. And so the under five mortality rate in Zambia is now almost double the global average. And that's just how extreme poverty can push back because of weather conditions, social conditions and economic conditions. Yeah, you mentioned weather there, probably linked to climate change in a way. I mean, what sort of ways is the weather affecting the continued impoverishment of these nations? We're seeing weather huge impacts across the world lately. We're looking at drought throughout Africa and really pushing into global food crisis because of that. We're seeing typhoons wreck the Philippines annually. We can almost time it when it comes through. In Malawi, uh, we've seen cholera outbreaks because of flooding and disease. So yes, weather across the world is really impacting communities at the moment. And how do you deliver your aid? We only work with local partners on the ground, primarily local church groups. So we look at finding partners that already have a great desire to reach their communities and children, and we develop them to be able to deliver programs primarily to young children. A lot of the research shows now if you intervene early, you can have a great impact on social, physical, mental, and even their self-identity. And I'm thinking, though, specifically, Claire, what sort of programs are we looking at that the donors fund? Our supporters across Australia fund so generously. We have mums and bubs programs where when parents find out they're pregnant, we train them in how to look after themselves, how to look after a baby and what a good birth looks like. And then we work with them from one to five to really help families grow resilience and to be able to nurture children. 
across the world lately, we've had to be giving a lot of food. We've seen more and more families not be able to access even a single meal a day. And so local church groups across Australia have delivered over 30 million food packs, which I find extraordinary, funded by donors around the world. A couple of the countries there, um, Cambodia and Myanmar, are, I think primarily Buddhist countries. How do you go about delivering aid when there aren't as many, for example, you know, local churches on the ground? Yeah, we help develop the local churches that are there. And we really do believe that local community groups can deliver these programs the best. So we would only deliver programs where we can develop local outreach. We work with other partners that look at systemic issues. And so we really partner with other organisations that can work in these areas as well. Do I read, by the way, that in some of these countries, uh, children are at risk, quite severe risk of being abducted for military service? Yes, slavery actually is rising across all the countries we work in and it could be military service, it could be online sexual exploitation, it could be factories, it can be mines. In all ways, uh, we're seeing slavery increase and it'd be a real risk for children living in poverty. I mean, how do you get kids out of that, especially out of the hands of, of predators? We work with local partners. This is not something Compassion is uniquely gifted to do. And they work with local police enforcements. One organisation in particular is International Justice Mission. They work with the local laws of the country to enforce them and bring slave traders to justice. And that way we can then release children and families from this continual evolution of slavery. Very good to speak with you, Claire. Much appreciated. Compassion Australia CEO, Claire Steele. Thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks so much, Andrew. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.